Hello and welcome to Bandcast Movie Trash. I'm DB and with me as always is Aaron Minogue. Hey, hey, hey. And Jared Levin. What's up? And we just got finished watching 2005's Lords of Dogtown, directed by Catherine Hardwick, starring Heath Ledger, Emile Hirsch, and uh, opening thoughts. (laughs) 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 Okay, so yeah. So I mentioned that this is this was uh, directed by Catherine Hardwick. Did you guys happen to come across who it was originally supposed to be directed by? Not a fucking chance. Fred Durst. What? Wow. Thank God. I mean, so glad they picked her. <laughs> yeah, no shit. She's cool as hell. I mean, I watched the little making of documentary and just always had this impression of her coming out of thrashing and some of the research did there. Fred Durst would have made this a total shit show. I don't think this is a very good movie, but I think there are really cool elements and fun parts to it. And thank God Catherine Hardwick did it. Fred fucking Durst. Oh, my God. Fred Durst. (laughs) What's going on with Fred Durst? I feel like Fred Durst is one of those celebrities we can go ahead and throw on the list that I could very easily get if I set my sights on him. Oh, definitely. Not at the time I couldn't have, but now, I mean, Fred Durst, he's probably, he's like working at a Sears or something. He doesn't even know that they're they're closing down. (laughs) Exactly. He's working at the Sears in Santa Monica, which is the most depressing Sears I've ever been in. And I've only been in there once. It has no windows anywhere. Just clothes thrown everywhere. Everybody in there is depressed. It's beautiful and sunny outside. It's gray and fluorescent lighting inside. That's exactly where he would be working. So what you're telling me is they're treating this Sears like it's a Ross. (laughs) I think Rosses are better. Like There's the Ross over on, what, Wilshire, not too far away from that, which is actually a pretty nice place. People are cool there. I like it. Yeah, you get you get vans and board shorts for like 50-70% off. Yeah, yeah. I'm a little I guess I'm just a little classier than you guys. I go to Marshalls. Oh man. Bougie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a TJ Maxx fashionista. <laughs> oh shit. Where's oh. your platinum diamond, Aaron? Not to condescend to you, Ross shoppers, but well, I mean, back in Chicago, it was Filene's basement all day. I'm just kidding. I just bought a sweater at Ross the other day. I can't lie to you guys. Whatever. You know, when you grow up with an above-ground pool and a go-kart, you have the right to look down your nose at us, Ross. You do kind of have a sense of entitlement. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it comes wafting out of you constantly. It's part of my charm. (laughs) Charm is an interesting adjective. Uh, So it was supposed to be directed by Fred Durst. Now, this movie was written by Stacey Peralta. Obviously, one of the characters in the movie, uh, the l- long blonde-haired kid, probably the most. Also, I also auditioned for one of his commercials that he was directing. Oh, two weeks ago. Oh yeah, oh, that's right. Did we hear back yet? No. Because <laughs> oh. I, I kind of went in. I'm like, Tony Alva cut me off in April. Fuck him. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, that was in the um uh the trailer episode to this, right? Or in the thrashing one? Yeah, uh, I, I said that in the audition too. Oh, you said that in the audition? Well, that's kind of that's actually good. That helps to stand out, right? Yeah, I was thinking I was trying to go into that kind of mood swing that they were when they were kids. <laughs> now, I will say uh, we gave Tony the benefit of the doubt in the trailer episode to this. I did. 
or in Thrash, and I can't remember which one, saying like, oh, I'm sure he didn't. Yeah, I think it was the the, the trailer, right? And you, you said, yeah, I think he was going left and I was going right or whichever it was. Yeah, he wasn't really looking. Well, I, but after watching this, I was starting to change my mind on that. I'm like, oh, no, I bet he totally did snake you. <laughs> He's like kind of an ass. <laughs> Who is this character? He's Tony Alva, the, the long-haired, curly-haired one who is really aggressive and competitive. The tan one. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's the guy that you had the, the incident out on the water with. Yes. <laughs> April 2019. Okay. He is a dick. He definitely did it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> but, Jared, I also thought you could have played that role. <laughs> Me too. I thought too. That's the well, thing. <laughs> I, I got more of a, a Stacy Peralta vibe from you. Maybe it was the hair. Yeah. And he's the, he's definitely the more responsible one and everything. And so I was watching this and I was like, well, is this true to life? Because it comes across as, you know, a lot more responsible and, and kind of like the more likable one. But I'm like, well, he wrote it. So That's what's what going on too. here? But then again, I think it actually just is him. And actually in the that documentary thing that i sent you he's one of those guys that doesn't like to talk about himself so i don't think he would have played himself up you know as this hero or anything like that and he said that he had to change the name of the character while he was writing it just because he couldn't bring himself to like you know talk write him it felt weird yeah so okay i feel like it centered a lot around jay adams and tony alva and he's like well i I guess i'm gonna put myself in there yeah he is kind of periphery uh because he and he did feel that way right he kind of goes off and ends up doing his own thing in a way right yeah yeah i felt like it was um everybody got equal camera time there wasn't a lead necessarily if anything um What's the one in the wheelchair's name? Sid. Sid. He Sid. got the least amounts yeah. of the the boys, the group or whatever, but Well, he's in a wheelchair, you know. You don't want to see yeah. you don't want to put that on screen. That's kind of a downer. Yeah, like we want to see wheels, but they're skateboards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All the wheels should be the same size in this movie, not two big ones in the back and two small ones in the front. That's just <laughs> Yeah, you look like a little kid. Yeah, that's like one yeah. of those old time bicycles. It's crazy. <laughs> Also, I want to, I know after I watched Thrashen, I had this, I went on this big rant about how I'm not as interested in, like, the skateboarding is not as impressive to me as the surfing. And I still stand by that I prefer surfing. But I was on my way to work the other day, going up a massive hill here in San Francisco. Uh-huh. And I saw a guy and a girl skateboarding down the hill. Ooh. And... I was thoroughly impressed by their skills because I was like, if they fall, they are fucked. Yeah, yeah, it hurts, right, Jared? You can, uh, you can attest. I can, I can vouch. Yeah, it hurts. and they looked not concerned. I had a look of concern in my eye for them. They looked completely confident. Well, it's interesting that you say that because these actors did a lot of training to be good on skateboards. Now they couldn't do all of the tricks and there were scenes uh, like the first competition where Tony Alva and Stacey Peralta actually stepped in and then did some of the stunts of their characters, which is kind of, kind of cool meta. They're, they're performing because they're just like, it's such a lost 
form of skateboarding and like it was hard to teach so they're just like they jumped in and kind of did it because it's all about kind of the movement but these kids did a ton of training and at the end when they're in the pool and you see you see them skate up at the end of the pool and go around that light in the pool apparently all those actors could do that they got good enough where they could do that Wow, they could kick turn over it, huh? And that that looks so easy too, right? They that's the thing. I think that's the mistake that I made in Thrashing when I was like, was that such a big deal when Josh Brolin's character went up and did that hand plant on the quarter pipe and then went back down it at the daggers den? And (laughs) in retrospect, it's like, well, because it looks easy, but it's really fucking hard, actually, right? Please don't make me talk about that movie again. Okay, yeah, we'll we'll stay as far <laughs> away from it. I don't want to talk about it either. Dude, it's funny. I do a lot of those power slides on the quarter pipe all the time. <laughs> power slides is that like where the trucks are grinding along the top rail? No, that's no that that that's a fifty fit. I can do that too. I learned is that, that where 30. they like kind of make themselves fall off of the skateboard? No, no. When you're when you're you're grinding when you're doing like turns. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm good at those. You've been doing this for a long time. You should get uh, at least some sort of short video of you doing that. We could post it on the social media feed. I don't know. That sounds like a lot of work for a social media feed that gets no fucking attention. So why yeah, bother? I, I, ha- I have one. <laughs> me doing Maybe it. that's what will bring the people. Oh, so yeah. Send it to me. I'll put it, yeah. I'll put it with the next post. That'd be cool. Carry yeah. a surfboard while you're doing it. There you go. That's fucking crazy, too. So they in this documentary, they showed the guy do that was one of the pros doing the stunt, the kind of acid drop. What off the roof of the house holding the skateboard, the surfboard fucking nuts. Yeah, that's how Emil Hirsch left the house, right? Yes. How about Rebecca de Mornay? I, I didn't even realize that was her until the second scene that I saw her in. I thought at first that she was the waitress, the actress who played the waitress at the beginning of Natural Born Killers. Oh, wow. Who ends up getting killed. They have the same eyes. And I was like so convinced. And I looked it up and I'm like, oh, my God, that's Rebecca DeMornay. That's not that's not her at all. But I thought she was I agree with you. I thought she was awesome. I thought she and Heath Ledger brought the most to the movie. Yeah. And. They didn't have enough to do, unfortunately. I guess Heath Ledger did. Yeah, Heath Ledger did. Heath Ledger definitely hit that role out of the park. He wasn't my top choice for like my who I would be with, but I think that speaks to how great he did. You know, when I liked him the best, when I was like, okay, there's the Heath Ledger, is when he's in his um, coveralls with no shirt underneath. And he's like building the surfboard or whatever he was doing, working with his hands. I was like, okay, there's my boy. And he wasn't wearing his sunglasses. I need to see his eyes. Oh, interesting point. Okay, yeah. He's got very distinctive eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to see those. Those are part of the package. I didn't realize that I saw Heath Ledger. I knew it was Heath Ledger at the beginning when they're surfing. But then when they go to the shop... It was. It took another fifteen minutes for me to realize. Oh shit! Is that Heath Ledger? And I, I did not realize that for a good long time. I'm like, where the fuck is Heath Ledger in this movie? As he's on screen, and I'm like, oh wow, that is that's like a really good. He's so fucking good. And one of the things I don't know if you guys felt this way, but I did. Parts of this character he brought to the Joker role 
there's there are some moments in there where he's talking and he kind of has this this kind of yeah. accent yeah. thing going on and i'm like that's the joker that's like really do you wild. know what i think it is i think it's almost like it's like a muscle memory thing for him to get the english accent oh. or the american accent rather right because in other movies he'll do his australian accent but maybe to accomplish the American accent, there has to be like a weird something or other with his mouth because I noticed that too in this. That's interesting. Yeah, that, that makes it's sense. like he's almost talking through his teeth or something. Yeah. Well, in this one for sure, right? Yeah, he had yeah. some like mouthpiece in the bottom. Uh, Jared, do you know much about this uh, Zephyr guy who runs the shop? Oh, no. I just know he was a shaper who, because uh, I, I remember that they had, you know, and they talked about a little bit about the surf team. Then they skate, the skate team was not as big as the surf team. And then the skate team kind of got over. So I, I don't, I don't know much, but I, but interesting, uh, the Z boys only, that whole thing, I think these kind of shows it too. They only lasted like six months. And then all these like companies came over and like took them. <laughs> So that's one of the faults, I think, of this movie is it begins really with the script. I don't think this script was very good at all. It felt like a first draft and it needed somebody like I guess Stacy Peralta wrote it all himself. And I don't it shouldn't have been it shouldn't have gone down that way. I mean, it's great that you have somebody who was there. Yeah, Um, you definitely want that for the authenticity. But man, there are. This pacing is like kind of all over. I don't know how much to blame the director, and then, but I feel like a lot of it comes from the script, man. It, it's so like six months. I had no idea. I did. Aaron, did you get any of that from watching this? No, it did seem that they broke up quickly. They broke up quick. So I'm I'm not surprised about the six months. What I would have preferred is if they would have gotten a little bit more into contention than what this movie illustrated sure so i would have preferred to see a little bit more of that but i guess because it's one of the guys he doesn't want to air all the dirty laundry but that's if you would have had another person helping write it they maybe would have taken some creative liberties there that's interesting um jared do you know was there a lot more contention i'm not sure it seems like him and tony alva are still tight i mean Jay Adams died, you know, not too long ago. Yeah, that scene where they do reunite at Sid's place um, at the end, that did happen. Right, so from there, of course, they're going to be friends now still. Yeah. But when it was all going down, when they're even the stuff with, like, Heath Ledger with his shop, that they're all hanging out there and then they just take off, we didn't see enough of Heath Ledger asking them, uh, asking Stacy to be like his head guy and he's going to make the skateboards and all this. And then Stacy being like, nah, fuck off. He, the real character, I can't imagine seeing what we see of his personality up to this point. Isn't just going to take like no for an answer. I don't, is he not going to like pursue them a little bit more? He's not going to be more salty and say things like, I got this whole thing started. Oh, well, yeah. Okay, so that's I just maybe... feel like there was probably a lot more it it diffused pretty quickly, I'm sure with um he's trying to block that bad memory out. 
<laughs> would he he did feel like he was kind of a parent ushering you know these kids he did start it yeah true like there would have been more that scene was kind of confusing because it did just kind of come and go and then it was like there was no yeah he didn't really have much to say which in real life you would kind of like but you're right I mean, he doesn't seem like, I mean, after seeing him throw custom made surfboards off the roof, drunk yeah. at party, I, the, about what that scene, like laying on the side, my heart was in my throat. And I love the, the, just the end of that scene before it cuts is just Johnny Knoxville's topper character saying, I love Zephyr parties. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I love the Zephyr parties. <laughs> so good. But yeah, like he would have said something. He was protective of of the kids. But yeah, you see him at the beginning. You're like kind of intimidated by him. Like he definitely bosses them around and he's like kind of aggressive. But then he also watches over them. But right. Wouldn't wouldn't he curse (laughs) at at some point and say, I fucking started this thing? I totally agree. Stacy's like drawing wood because he calls him bro. Yeah. Yeah. He was this. It's all uh, like Messiah. And then it went from. They all worship him to nobody even talks to the dude anymore. And I just think there was more that could have more did transpire. And I think the viewer would have liked to have been more involved in that. But I wrote a book about friends, people uh, close uh, who are in the band. Um, and I followed them around on the road. And then I wrote the book. It's it's uh, self-published. That's so not the real thing. But uh, But even when you're doing that... <laughs> You do, I mean, I, the way I got around some of it, well, one, I was just kind of like reckless and didn't, I just thought like they didn't care. So I was just like, fuck it. Like they don't care. Like they're like these party animals on the road. Like they don't care what's going to be said about them. That was the way that I took it. Then you turn around and when they read it, they're like, turns out they do care about some of those things. So then you do (laughs) kind of start pairing some of it back. But at the end, it's like the whole thing. This is like your character in here. And the way I kind of got around it was a lot of it was, it was like kind of half true, half fictionalized anyway. Like I was really kind of a weird like kind of a story experiment so i mean i can totally see that yeah he didn't want to open old wounds right it kind of sounds like he's yeah. really putting on mittens or the kid gloves when he's writing this and doesn't want to upset anybody but try to show the real thing so yeah that's in- i didn't think too much about that but yeah i think you're right yeah, I think that's t- totally spot on, you know, because I don't think he wants that. He wants, yeah, I don't think he wants to revive that bad blood between them. And then one of the actors who had to research, who, whoever played Jay Adams, I think it was Emil Hirsch. Yes. He had to go to Hawaii because I think at the time, I think Jay Adams just got out of prison for drug dealing or something. So he was on probation in Hawaii. So Jay, so he, Emil Hirsch had to be in Hawaii to like, observe jay adams that's right yeah so all the the three stacy tony and jay the those uh the actors playing them they all went to stay in their house for like a month or something like that or maybe it was like a a week or something just just to kind of learn more about them uh yeah aaron this reminds me of what you said back with north shore where i knew that's where you were going with this where you (laughs) bring the kid in and says yeah here come live with me and my family i got kids too Oh, oh, I was I was just thinking the way Turtle had to go research and live in Hawaii to get the pigeon accent down and you being like, oh, please, that's such a fucking chore, isn't oh, it? You, yeah, you have yeah, yeah, to go live course. in Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, he was able to deal with being in one of the most beautiful places in the world. 
tough. <laughs> but his, his pigeon's yeah. good, though. My Hawaiian friend said he thought it was good, too. Turtles. Oh, his pigeon? Accent. Yeah, he thought it was pretty good. Honestly, I think North Shore was a better movie than this. <laughs> it's <laughs> such a weird thing. I don't think it was shot better. I think this one was shot better. This one looked really good. But, um, yeah. D- do you know, um, like, what Jay's living situation would have been like at that time like did he have any money saved up it sounds like probably not like he had a pretty bad drug habit and everything but he was on the set for this movie and he was apparently he was like a pretty easy guy to get along with he was a delight to be around (laughs) (laughs) he was a delight am i wrong (laughs) (laughs) any kind of drugs you like to take he had them free of charge a real gentleman. A gentleman's gentleman. This is a speedhead, right? Yeah. He's a drug dealer that also kind of sees what you need just by talking to you. So when you come to him, you might say to him, hey, Jay, i like to get a bag of cocaine. And he'll tell you, okay, here's the cocaine. But he doesn't think you need cocaine. What he thinks you need is heroin. So that's what he gives you. (laughs) You're talking like somebody who's just recalling a drug dealer that you used to attend, right? Well, there you go. He talks about drugs like wine. (laughs) Exactly. The pairings. I don't get how... And even in this documentary, they showed him skating in the pool. At the end of this movie, when they show first Stacy and Tony start skating in the pool, and then he's standing there and he's like shaking. I'm like, dude, this kid is dope sick. Don't tell me you're going to show him skating in the pool like he's still got it. And then they do show it. And I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake, please. But apparently that dude could still skate even up to the day he died. He was surfing in Mexico and he was on the set of this movie and he looks obviously like the worst of them because he had the roughest life he's still skating in the pool he still can do that how is that fucking possible that's like a superhuman it's so strange i've seen like a bunch of people like around their age skating a pool and one of them looks like a hockey dad and he was drinking like 40s of pbr and there was this australian guy who had like you know white hair and stuff you know they look like they were being dads or something but they were just like tearing this pool apart that's crazy i love that you would call someone a hockey dad to me a hockey dad is fat yeah no i saw this fat guy he he was he had a beer gut, drinking 40s, <laughs> and he was skating the pool. Okay, yeah. All right. I'm right with you then. The bottom part of his belly is kind of sticking out, and he doesn't even yeah. know it. Like it's exposed. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Or I saw something totally similar when I was in Hawaii on this recent vacation when I was out surfing. And the, the waves were pretty big, big at this break. And this guy comes out on a paddleboard. And he's a local. He's a Hawaiian. And he is... Samoan. Yeah. But he was, like, fat. But not the fat where it's spread out everywhere. It's like he's got the rotund belly. And I'm just like, wait. Uh, oh, the alcoholic like, belly. A little bit? Or t- too much... What do they eat over there? Poi? Or what, what is the... Uh, macro- spam. 
to my <laughs> okay, I yeah. love spam. The, the the spam and macaroni salad and all that but he and then i'm like wait a minute or is this guy like on a rental you know because he kind of can start to pick out who's who's on a rental and who's doing this on their vacation but no he's he was catching waves like big waves on this paddleboard and he looked like he would be ready to tip over he was riding them the whole way through I could not believe that this guy who does not look athletic or anything is out there on a paddleboard and just catching wave after wave after wave. It's crazy. It's Still got his core strength. I don't yeah, I, know. Well, if you do it as a kid, you kind of learn it because the Hawaiians say you're never too fat to surf because a lot of the Samoan guys, they learn so young that even when they are fat, they can State still motto. do it. That's wild. It's <laughs> wild to see. It's, it's crazy. I mean, great, you know, but... If you yeah. still do it, even as a kid, you can like still you still get those reflexes. It's pretty sick watching them skate the pools, though. I guess, yeah, I guess that's part that that's it. Like you just do it from a kid, and then you just never stop because it's just something you love doing. I mean, shit, Tony Elva is still. Out you know there what the thing is it. too with the surfing versus the skateboarding. If you have the the steps, if you know the steps, uh-huh. if you're you're not as fearful. In the water, because if you fall, you're falling into water. If you're skateboarding, so even if you're older and you like used to skateboard, there has to come a time where you're like, oh, my knee's a little shaky. Like, I don't know if I still got this like this. And so your confidence would be a little gun shy and then you would fuck yourself up. Now, I have learned since I started surfing, I used to never think like there was really any much danger in surfing it's like what it's just water and then since learning it it's like oh no this this gets really this gets really hairy really fast especially if it's a a hard board and a coral reef and it's a paddle board and his paddle this dude's paddle board was you know like a, a big 10 footer 10 or 11 footer and it's a it's pretty shallow there and it's a it's a reef break so like no you still will fuck up but i still agree with you that it's a lot less than if you fall off a skateboard on a pavement yeah yeah i'm not i'm not really even so much surprised that they physically can do it for me it's the mental his mental part. Well, a lot of them. See the people, the older guys I saw, they were drinking. Uh, they were drinking PBR. So that that that, that nullifies. <laughs> so they don't. Pain. They ain't feeling shit if they fall. Oh man, that's like uh, <laughs> that's what the hipsters drink in Chicago. That's the problem for tomorrow. Oh, dude, they were they, these guys were like fucking these older guys I was seeing. They were chugging. They they were drinking beers like left and right. And then this old Australian guy with white hair, uh, he fell, and everyone was like, "Are you all right?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm fine, mate. And I'll just uh, I'll just do it again." <laughs> and then he, and then he just kept going <laughs> after a beer. Oh my gosh, it's interesting. So, um, there were some injuries on set uh they they did some really cool camera stuff and watching the documentary just made me appreciate some of the like there there's a lot of cool movement in this like where with the skateboarding where they're trying to you know give you a sense of what it feels like especially like when they're riding the pool like i could have watched a lot more of that it was so cool and when they're going down the hill through the streets and they actually have a guy who's a good you grew up skateboarding and is holding the camera and just you know being pulled behind him and like in the pool following just behind them in the pool crazy cool stuff 
But the biggest injury on set actually came from Catherine Hardwick um, because she was backing up, framing a shot, and she fell backwards into the pool, the empty pool. Oh, damn. Fucking, can you believe oh. that? And they oh. thought. I thought it was going to be an Eiffel Tower injury. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, with uh, Heath Ledger and Emile Hirsch. Uh, she was knocked unconscious, apparently, and then had to be taken to the hospital. That's really freaky. That's like when you see people fall off stage. Um, you know, at concerts uh, and that sort of thing. Like, that is a big fall. Surreal. And there's shit down there, and people laugh about it. Like, oh my God, look, which this person fall off stage. And I'm always like, are you, that's fucking scary. That can easily go really bad. Um, quick question. And I think I'm right, but the astronaut, that's Tony Hawk, right? Yeah. Yeah, it looked like Tony okay. Hawk. I that was, was like, totally Tony Hawk. Okay, well, because, you know, I'm not a little Miss Skateboarder over here, but I was like, I think that's Tony Hawk. That's one of my favorite scenes. That one just brought a smile to my face. Like, that was really fun. Cute. (laughs) It was fun to see Tony Hawk. And Tony Hawk just seems like one of the all-around best guys on the planet, right? He just has this vibe. He's just super fucking nice. And I think it's just who he is. Yeah. I think it was they have him in there because as somebody who knows nothing about skateboarding, that's the only name that I know in skateboarding. Right. Well, yeah. When he was a kid, those were those guys were those were the people he looked up to. Right. They know. were his idols. OK, I see. Well, he's you know, he was the up and coming kid. Oh, that's really cute. Then that that he's in it. I love that. Yeah, because he skated with those guys. And I just want to let the record show. I was not going to choose Emil slash Jay Adams really? as my guy. Who? Well, who was it then? It was Stacy. Ah, uh-huh. okay. All right. Long blonde hair. He's He had the longest one. I get that. I liked how he seemed as a person, too. <laughs> <laughs> that is, I, I knew you were going to say that. That is exactly my wife. And I, I'll never... I'll never understand this because this, that's how women do it. To like, me. Yeah, he's a good guy. <laughs> he's not like a piece of shit guy. <laughs> I, I don't know who's doing his hair because it's like a really blunt chop that's that the bang to the, the long. So we definitely want to get that scene too, but I thought it was just all it was all the same length. He just always had it pulled back behind his ear. No, because like whenever he would be wearing his little headbands or whatever, he had pieces that like fell to his chin. Oh, okay. And the rest was long. And he did have beautiful hair. But I probably make him cut it. Growing up oh, oh, you can't do that. You can't <laughs> change the man. Well, you should look back at then pictures of uh, Stacy Peralta when he was that age because he looks very similar. They, they did a good job of casting um, in terms of getting people who looked like these guys when they were young. I don't know so much about the Jay Adams one. I didn't really see many pictures of him when he was young, but certainly for Stacy and Tony with the, the hair especially, that that's like kind of how they looked. I wanted that hair that Stacy had when I was growing up. That's the hair I was. So wanting. did I. Yeah, so I could grow it long. Um, be cool. That's why you want to cut it. You wanted his hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, Aaron, you just wanted him to cut it so you could uh, have it for a weave? Oh, maybe. Yeah. I don't know how I'd look as a blonde, though, and I would never want to dye it. You could just do streaks. Oh, yeah, that'd be cute. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, as soon as I saw Emil, 
Jay was content to sleep with his friend's girlfriend. He was so out of there after that. Oh, again, again. So you're going by their their character rather than that just is how shitty. they look. That's supposed to be his best friend. It's <laughs> true. Well, I don't know if Jay. Was, I don't know if Jay was best friends with Stacy, but they were definitely good friends, right? They were too close of friends. Yeah, yeah. I know, but at that age too, man, shit gets messy. That is not okay. How old are we talking? What were they? They must have been 16 years old. Probably 16 or something. I don't know. 15, yeah. 16, 17. Yeah, 15. Yeah, I think you're I think you're probably right there with like 15. Damn, we should know that. I'd have to know just how good of friends they were. Yeah. To say whether or not I still stand by what I said. Well, I agree with you because it's not like they've broken up. He just said he was going to see her tomorrow. He was like, hey, I'm not going to have sex with you in the same room with your brother. Oh, no, it was on the front lawn. <laughs> <laughs> to me, that was like a point on like the character pro side. Yeah. And okay. It was like, <laughs> no, sorry. I was looking for a guy to fuck me on the front lawn. I guess you're not him. So that was uh, a knock against Jay, but a point for Stacy. Yes. And that actress is smoking hot. She was pretty. I don't know if I was getting smoking hot vibes from her. I thought she was in the Twilight movies or something. I looked her up. I looked her up too. Yeah, well, because Catherine Hardwick then directed the first one. And um, yeah, she was in, it looks like, the first two. I just saw the IMDb. Um, yeah. She, I guess, her debut movie was another Catherine Hardwick directed movie, uh, Thirteen. Oh, so her co-star in Thirteen ended up dating Marilyn Manson for a long time. I can't remember her name, and then she's in one of his videos oh, where they kind of have sex. That's Evan, uh, not Evan Rachel Wood. Yes, um, that's it. I think that's it. Oh, it is Evan Rachel Wood. Yeah, yeah. Because didn't he also date Dita Von Tess? the bitch that played in the movie Scream? Um, right. You're thinking of Rose McGowan. Rose McGowan. Yeah, of course. When she wore the dress to the maybe cut out the part where I call her that bitch from Scream. <laughs> Hashtag me too. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't have that kind of time. I'm leaving that one in. <laughs> Fair enough. Keep it moving. Well, now I've just called her that bitch. This is the third time. <laughs> third time. And she's the one who's she's you know, a fucking bitch. Just for good measure, just to really round it out. I like even numbers. One of the most vocal voices for the Me Too movement. No, that's fine, Aaron. It's better better that you say it than us. Yeah, better than us because our toxic masculinity. Yeah, yes, toxic masculinity. Right. This is she one of the leading feminists? She's one of the leading voices, uh, surely, or she was. And she then was. things have gotten a little messy with her and her Harvey Weinstein story, I guess. But um, yeah, no, but she's she's still cool. She's a little she's a little out there these days. Yeah. But I like that. That's cool. Um, oh, at the end, is it? Remind me. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. I mean, because it's interesting. She's she's interesting. Um, she grew up in like a Christian cult and, and stuff. She shaved her head now. Or oh, now that. Short. I would love to listen to some stories about that. Yeah. Let's see if we can get her on the podcast. <laughs> I'll tweet at her. We can't let her listen to the episode where I call her the bitch seven times. But <laughs> And I just said seven. And note that that was just the fifth time that I called her a bitch. Because I plan on doing it more. I cut out two of them. <laughs> Wait, how did we? Oh, yeah. Okay. But so I thought she was 
uh, hot. I can't remember what her name was. Um, Tony's Nikki sister. Reed? Oh, yeah. I think it's Nikki, right? Yeah. But then did you see Sofia Vergara? Yeah, I was I, I didn't realize that was her because I saw this is my second time seeing it. Yeah, she doesn't have a whole lot. She's just kind of there, like, maybe two scenes. Holy shit. Yeah. So, Aaron, <laughs> it doesn't matter what kind of, she did in this movie have a good personality. She acted like a fucking skank. No, she didn't. She was she was cool. She went after Jay Adams. Yeah, was oh, that's right. Yeah, she was DB. You are better than that, and you deserve better than that. Then Sophia Vergara? Oh my god, she's she's not a good person. Jared, vouch for me here. Yo, she was like, it was cool seeing her with that with that seventy stuff, and then she was after that one surfer, and then she's like, you know, don't who surfs in that toxic waste, and she's like, yeah, I want some Jane Adam. I want that wannabe <laughs> thug dick. Yeah, well, she was dating Chino, right? In this in this yeah, movie, Chino. yeah. Chino has. I just want to go out on a limb here and guess that Chino has a small penis. <laughs> His character or the actor? Yeah, well, let's, <laughs> that actor looks scary. Character. I don't want the character, don't want the character coming after us. I'd have to get another look at the actor. To see what I think about his penis, but just his general way he's plodding through life, he's just nasty motherfucker. Yeah. That's like got small penis written all over it, <laughs> taking it out on the world. The insecure local. Yeah. And he's dating that Sofia Vergara. That outfit was at that party was <laughs> fucking bonkers. Oh my God. It was the best. Was it like a Romy and Michelle dress? No, she wasn't that? wearing a dress. It was like some. Oh. oh my god! It was like bell bottoms and like some loose top. Oh, but it was like so super tight. And then Sofia Vergara was wearing that, or yeah. the other girl was wearing it. Sofia Vergara. Yeah, I'm okay. a little nervous about talking about the other one because, but she, I believe she had to be. She was had to be like 18 or 19 then. Yeah, yeah. I, and okay. when oh, I I can say it because I was around that age when it came out. I was in high school. I think that you would have been okay at that time, right? Two thousand oh, maybe not. Two thousand and five. You better not comment. I was twenty five. <laughs> better keep oh, your thoughts to yourself, or we're gonna have that bitch Rose McGowan over here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> You're summoning her. <laughs> Oh, man, she's not the one you want coming after your podcast because she's relentless. <laughs> but she'll get us in the news. She'll get us. Yeah, she's a plugger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I think that just made it worse. I don't know what that term means, but uh, if it's no, anything think, like Eiffel I Tower, I'm not. I think it just made it better. Do you remember the dress she wore on the red carpet? Oh, yeah. That Jared's was... the only one that's going to save us. That was when she was uh, with Marilyn Manson at the VMAs. Oh, she, yeah, did she wear the dress or something? She was a plugger there. It was like nothing. It was just like a, a mesh, like a, almost like chains. Uh, but it wasn't chains. It was like she was just naked with a little she bit was of covering. Naked. Yeah. yeah. Like her nipples were covered. And she probably had a little thong on. She looked good then, too. Yeah, then she fucked like a 17 year old <laughs> boy. I think that's what kind of threw off the whole thing. No, when she that. Was like, 32 or something that's the uh, italian director um the daughter of the guy who directed suspiria yeah it was her it was 
definitely Rose McGowan and this other woman who were two of the big voices. I can't remember her name. Damn it. I thought it was ridiculous. I'm like, wait, she's a big voice and she had sex with a 17 year old. Yeah. And he was acting like he was a victim. And I'm like, come on. Thank (laughs) you. I remember yelling at my wife about this. I'm like, he's just looking to get money. And are you kidding me? 17 years old. And that she directed you. And then you guys met up in a, a condo in Del Mar, like right over here. And yeah. she and she gave you a blowjob and you were the victim. Fuck you. Exactly. Thank you. If he was 14 or 13, I'd be kind of on his side. I'd be like, yeah, because he's being kind of manipulated by by an older woman. And that can mess with your emotions. But 17, the fuck out yeah. of here. Yeah, dude, you got yeah. you, you swore. You should have already been having sex for three years now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a and that's that's the New Jersey rule. <laughs> that's I love the Jersey rule. <laughs> I love the yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah. That was that was her. But you're they, they were kind of teamed up on, on the whole thing. Yeah, I, I, I was like, that's bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, I think most people called bullshit on that one. But okay, I got a question. So uh, kind of speaking of uh, Chino, and he's our introduction, and I kind of appreciated him at the very beginning of this movie because he shows up and just gives all the kids names. And I'm like, oh, thank you. I was wondering what their names were. Uh, so he calls everybody by their name. Jay, Stacy, and... Tony, right? And he so he's giving them jobs while they're surfing at this disgusting pier in Venice, the Ocean Park Pier. It was you, you know where sometimes we'll surf over there. It was actually it was actually in Santa Monica. It was Ocean Park. Oh, so it was in Santa Monica. Well, yeah, Santa Monica you can walk to Venice, right? So it was just a yeah. little farther south. It was all considered Venice back then. Oh, so was it south of the current pier? No, yeah, you know where Ocean Park is. You, you you know when you pull into that to that lot, you know that hill, the hill that um Jay Adams was skating down. Oh, he was skating down. Um, what's the street? Oh, Bay Street. He was skating down Bay Street. Okay. Yeah, right down there. That's where the pier was. Oh, okay. And production note here: they built part of that pier for this movie like part of it was uh actually a real set and then they added some of the other elements obviously with cgi but they did kind of build a uh a, a fake pier made to look just like the one that had fallen that had fallen into disrepair um Damn. at that time and that was pretty cool and they did that down at imperial beach so down oh, down san diego um near that pier so they just kind of offset it with that pier apparently and then they added the rest in cgi but i was like impressed it was like wow yeah because i was kind of watching that and like okay this has got to be cgi but i don't feel like it's in an indoor set on a stage where they added the water in so i'm like yeah how did they do that because those scenes were pretty cool looking and so that's impressive so but he tells the kids like oh they're not gonna surf and tells one to go hang out in the parking lot make sure nobody else comes no non-locals and then the one kid's gonna be swimming out in the water to get their boards because i guess they're not usually using leashes is that right this is before leashes were used oh before leashes were used but they had them or no no oh shit okay when you were big time and yeah jack o'neill uh invented it that's how he lost his eye <laughs> he was testing a leash oh, Jesus. but then what was 
the other kid up on the pier doing? Was he just looking out for waves and giving them a heads up when sets were coming, or what was? Yeah, he doing? I'm, I'm sure he was. He he was shouting if there was an outside set. Oh, okay. Because you know when I when I was surfing sunset, you, you know there's always like an older Venice local guy, and he'll be like outside. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> or a whistle. Cool. Oh, all right. Now I like that he assigned these jobs to them. You do. I do, yeah, because it's they're basically saying this is where we surf, and we, I've already been exposed to these surfers in the movies, and you they have their own beaches, and you're not allowed to surf there. You want to surf here, you have to earn your keep a little bit. They let them surf at the end after they did their job. Now, for me, I don't know. I'd probably just go find another beach to surf at, but I don't see any harm in it. It's like initiation. Plus, that, that water looked uh, disgusting, and that's... Yeah, it was disgusting. Imperial Beach, that's why Tijuana, I've surfed there a bunch. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and too, I guess just the, the broken down Venice Pier was pretty disgusting. I mean, you see people... There's one shot in this movie where they show a car driving on the beach, and like that's how it used to be, right? You could just drive yeah. your car onto the sand, onto the beach, dripping oil, and then the water's coming washing up onto that. Obviously, this whole pier is falling down and god knows what what's coming off of that and that's why the sofia vergara character you know talks about who wants to surf in that toxic waste anyway and it is yeah. like yeah man we think the water is bad now i'm sure it was worse then oh definitely at least around there so yeah and then there's having to surf and like they're going in between the pylons from the pier that's fucking crazy yeah that's uh, like a Sonny Bono on water story. Yeah, right? Jared, if you you said you've surfed in between the pylons of piers before, right? Yeah. Imperial Beach oh was the my first place God. I did it. You know, I surfed through the Venice Pier. I surfed through... I think, no, I, I surfed through the Ocean Beach Pier. It's harder on a shortboard. Jared, please be careful out there. <laughs> you do a lot of dangerous stuff you know well you gotta understand Aaron he saw these kids do it and he's like if they can do it I can do it I know exactly. That's he's going I... down steps and shit on his skateboard <laughs> I worry about you I lose sleep at night <laughs> wait Jerry what, what did you do so near your place and by a, there's this park Sheldon I was with my brother uh-huh. uh there's like a stair and then there's like a mini ramp. So after I ollied over it, I rocked a fakie it, used the speed, ollied over it. Then I used the mini ramp. I, I stalled my truck. I, I, I did a rock the fakie, ollied over it. Well, it's it's either kids, when, when kids do it, Jared says he can do it, or Gerard Butler. Because after Ger- Jared heard that Gerard Butler surfed Mavericks, that's what Jared said. Oh, if he can do it, I can do it. So. Yeah, if he can do it, I can do it. <laughs> Yeah, I second that <laughs> because I, I, I don't think he grew up surfing. So there's no way if he can do it, like I can definitely do it. He did almost die. I did tell you that he did he almost that die. Part. Yeah. Filming uh, Chasing Mavericks, which Aaron, if you're lucky, we will watch one day as part of this podcast. <laughs> Another surf movie. <laughs> well, that'll be a long time before that happens. <laughs> <laughs> But so you're defending their actions, and this is like kind of Skip's crew here. Well, here's the thing. This, for me, wouldn't do. Like, I wouldn't just, like, pledge my allegiance to this person like they're doing, like the Heath Ledger character. He's like a cult leader. 
This is who they're trying to get in with. They want to, it's like a fraternity or something like this. Yeah. It's like, you got to do these little things. It's cooler than a frat, but still like you're trying to hang out with this group. I don't know. I guess I'd like to make my friends more organically than like force it. But if they're going to want to hang out with these guys, yeah, they don't fucking know you. Why should they let you hang out? Oh, well, they, well, they do know them, right? They know these, these kids. You're like the young bucks. Yeah. We're like, we're rearing your asses right now. But here's where I have a problem. And this is kind of going back to what we were talking about with uh, Skip when he has this uh, conversation with Stacy um, near the end, uh, trying to get Stacy to stay on the the Zephyr team uh, or whatever. Skip is having a hard time, you know, making ends meet, get it, keeping his shop going, and then of course at the end we see him shaping boards, but it's in the back of another store. It's not. It's no longer his store. Hey, uh, I got an idea. How about when people come in to look? boards that they might possibly buy in your shop and just because they're not fucking local you don't chase them the fuck out of your store you try to sell them a fucking surfboard i got no sympathy for skip what the fuck is wrong with you dumbest business move ever yeah or how about you figure out how to not be a fall down drunk all goddamn day if you're trying to run a business i know chino is a security (laughs) it's like yeah what yeah, what the fuck is Chino gonna end up doing? Chino is can't even keep Sofia Vergara around. He's you should be bending over backwards, thanking God that Sofia Vergara is dating your loser ass. Yeah, and instead you're making fun of the kid with a hearing problem in the store because that makes you feel like a big man. Maybe lending credence to your small dick syndrome thing. Uh, Definitely <laughs> has a small penis. And also, Chino, you start fights with like teenagers. I just found out these guys are in high school and you're starting fights with them. Yeah. That's who you can beat up? Yeah. I don't think we need security if we're going against teenagers. We don't need to hire security. <laughs> we can handle it ourselves. He's the muscle. And then it's just like a, a, a dorky guy uh, from the valley, uh, i.e. someone like me, who comes DB. into the shop. <laughs> yeah, it's got, he's got DB <laughs> written all over him. I think, I'm thinking of buying a, a hardboard <laughs> instead of a phone. Yeah, you know, I would have been. No, what there. do you know about the leashing? <laughs> do you guys sell any soft top boards? <laughs> <laughs> Those won't be invented for another 20 years. The fuck out of here. <laughs> but, uh, um, one thing about this movie that we were kind of touching upon is that compared to thrashing, sorry to bring it back up, Aaron, I know it's a sore subject, but in comparison to thrashing, there were much better and cooler skateboard tricks. Like, thank God there was like cool skating uh, throughout here. And again, like cool camera movements and, and all of that, that what I was really found interesting was the first skate competition that they go to after skip decides to put together this like skateboarding group or team and they go to that skate competition and seeing those old 70s outfits and then the old skating and like what they were doing for tricks was pretty wild because it's still really hard it looks stupid today yeah but it's still really hard and impressive. Like the one guy doing a handstand on the board. Like I love the handstand on the board. Yeah, the handstand it's crazy. Not easy. 
It's my favorite trick. And then there were some other ones that look really stupid, like the guy on two boards, and it's just on the 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 front trucks and the back trucks of each board, and he's riding around, and they're just kind of like on a dance floor doing the doing these things. I was into it, but it was cool. I didn't understand why he got disqualified. It was getting too technical. For yeah, what did he get disqualified for, Jared? Do you Touching the ground or something? Oh, or right. Off the, ground, off the contest ground. <laughs> so that was one thing, even watching this. Well, I thought it was kind of cheesy. Again, I don't know. Stacey Peralta is writing it, so I don't know how true it is. They put on Black Sabbath, and then it's like the audience is stunned. Like, oh, what is this? Oh, my gosh. It's like they're dropping their monocles and their champagne glasses. Like, <laughs> come on. That seems kind of cheesy. But... Were these tricks that they did so impressive? I mean, just going down low and then like just doing like a 180 with the board. Is that is that all that? I could not do it. So to me, I'm like, good job, buddy. Nice work there. Jared? According to Legend, they blew everybody away with their radical style. But you know what was weird? They were doing more harder tricks on the montage while they're skating to the Zephyr surf shop than they did at the contest. Like Christian Hazoy played by Nuge, who's a pro skater, with one of those 70s boards ollied over a shopping cart. And nobody really ollied yet till um, Rodney Mullen until the late 80s. Was he, did he really ollie over a shopping cart on one of those little, tiny little things? Dude, I have no idea how Nuge did it, but he, he was able to do it. <laughs> Very difficult, though. That's crazy. Yeah, so that is an interesting thing, uh, too, about the production. They used a lot of the same guys that made the skateboards back in the 70s. This is uh, Jim Muir. Oh, Jim Muir, um, Mike Muir's older brother. He was also a part of the Z-Boy thing. Mike Jim Muir is uh, the um, older brother of Mike Muir of Suicidal Tendencies. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. When you see these things and then, I mean, even to ride one of those small things for me today is like, is really tricky. I know they kind of sell those old retro ones. And Dude, I they're stuff. fun to ride. I had one for a minute. I had two actually. Are know. they more difficult than your standard trick board to ride? Um, some people think so. Um, I was able to do something on it. I have a YouTube video of me riding one and doing something off of it. But there's not as much control. But they're fast. Okay. I like riding them because they're quick. And I, one of the scenes that the guys hill bombing, I used to hill bomb with my little penny board all the time on it uh and was that the the bay street in santa monica yeah i used i used to, I used to go down the hill with that my when i had mine and then unlike uh jay adams i rode all the way down connected to the boardwalk because i was still going on my way to work and i have seen jared hill bombing bay street on his maybe it was definitely wasn't one of those boards but i've actually yeah. seen you hill bombing now that i think of it on you know your standard uh trick board of today carrying your surfboard so yeah. i have seen something like that just with that's jared maybe, maybe that's why it kind of like Went over my head in this movie, some of those, because I'm like, oh, yeah, well, I'm, yeah I, I see that. <laughs> when I go to meet Jared at Santa Monica to go <laughs> you surfing. You see that? You're talking about me. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, when I park, if I don't park on the hill and I park down in the in the lot and I get there before you, yeah, invariably I see you. <laughs> oh man, that's hysterical. I'm remembering that now. So that's wild, though. I mean, I th- I think to me it would seem like those boards are trickier. You have less room to put your plant your feet on one of those things. I can see how they're faster and those wheels are better than the trick board wheels, which were always a frustration for me. Um, yeah. I can never get the bearings to be all that good. And then of course, riding on sidewalks with all the cracks, it was just like awful. I'm like, I can walk faster than what I'm doing on this fucking skateboard. But yeah, I should show you a little video of me riding one of those boards and doing something off of it. Yeah, share it. And, uh, we'll put it on Twitter where we'll, we'll get, um, upwards Two of likes. one view, but, one view, but it'll be fun for us. It'll be fun okay. for Aaron and me. <laughs> I got to get on Twitter. So, Aaron, you were saying at the top of this show, wanting to see more of the sort of conflict between these characters, Stacey, Tony, Jay, and Skip. And um, one of the things that I noted is I was kind of really getting frustrated with this movie. And that's about the time that I texted you you guys. And I said, you know, uh, spoiler alert, this movie isn't much better than thrashing. Um, <laughs> that was a little, that was a little harsh. Uh, it definitely is better than thrashing. There's not lot. even a question. Yeah. I, and as too, cause I feel bad saying bad things about this movie. Cause I think Catherine Hardwick is so cool and it's, you know, it's a lot of it is her baby. But I was getting frustrated. I'm like, this pacing is all over. There's really no mood, clear mood being set here. We're just kind of getting a collection of scenes. And like, I don't know, some of that comes down to the editing too. If they were doing drugs. On set? That would account for why there's. They were partying, the actors. It's just like a blur of time. And they're just like kind of. Well, Stacy, when he, you know, in his time, he was drugged. Who knows how much, how fucked up he got. Even he was the goatee two-shoe one. You know, when he's trying to recount things that happened, he's like, uh, let me leave this out. I'm like, what happened again? Yeah, because they were like so fucked up that they're like, shit, I don't remember how that night ended. But where I got back into the movie was when they first discovered skating in these empty pools. Like, I knew... Kind that of from my cool. peripheral knowledge of the birth of, you know, skateboarding, uh, or at least skateboarding as we know it now, comes from the combination of this drought here in Southern California and these kids discovering, like, oh, we can skate in these uh, empty pools be, that people have drained and are not filling up because of the drought. I would have loved, and they kind of did it as like a montage, but man, I would have liked an entire act about just discovery that and totally when whoever said to the other one like this would be a good idea to do this i agree with you yeah it's so fascinating that story and like you know it's they're kind of putting the pieces together like oh we can do this and then more of just you know i can maybe not always just you know running from the cops but just discovering and then like kind of figuring out what you can do in the pools the trial and error i don't know i thought that was really cool and that's what i'm looking forward to watching what is it dogtown and z boys the documentary for is i want to know more about that like these these are really compelling characters and a really compelling story and yeah, I just feel like this this movie kind of didn't do him a lot of justice. I love the little kids sitting on the roof yelling pigs. Yeah, I, I like to see more of this pool stuff too. 
But allegedly, Herbie Fletcher was the first person to do it. Back in the 50s, uh, there's a photo of Herbie Fletcher riding the side of a pool. I mean, he didn't go as far as they did, but this was like when before skateboards had polyurethane wheels, but he was able to ride a pool, and there's a photo of it. Okay, so the polyurethane wheels, so this actually gets to one of your notes from the trailer, which is that this is Mitch Hedberg's last uh, performance um, before his unfortunate passing, and he's the one who comes into the shop to introduce them to these polyurethane wheels. Now, can you explain to us what is so big a deal? What kind of wheels were they riding prior to these wheels? And what did these wheels mean? Yeah, because before skateboards were made with metal wheels, that sounds painful in my ears, Whoa. or wheels made out of clay. And, you know, they weren't easy to control. So when the polyurethane wheels came, they had good grip. So you could actually maneuver the, the skateboard better. Okay, so that's why then they're discovering more things that they can do. They can grip the pools. They can ride these pools. But, um, and then do these slides, these power slides that I was mentioning from the, the first competition, right? Yeah. Now, the second competition, the, the one in Long Beach, so this is after they've become famous. They've gotten on the uh, covers of magazines and everything. Did you guys notice a cameo by an uncredited actor here? No. Who is it? Jay's agent, the one of the cokehead guys, is that's Jeremy fucking Renner in this movie. Whoa! Oh yeah, I did see him. Yeah, I'm like whoa, and then I looked it up because I'm like not seeing it on Rotten Tomatoes, and then I went to uh, IMDb, I believe, and it's uh, they have it, and they show that he's uncredited. So apparently he didn't. I don't know. Well, yeah, because this is 2005. Yeah, and Jeremy Renner didn't start mattering until a couple years after that. Yeah, not mattering, but we didn't know who he was. Yeah, I don't know what his real big breakout role was, but I love Jeremy Renner. I think he's awesome, and he was good in this too. He was having fun. He was in a movie that, for me, the first movie I saw him in was like a bank robbery movie. Oh, the town is that what it was called? Is Ben Ben Affleck Affleck in that too? Yeah, he wrote it and directed it. That's the first movie that I saw him in. But then he was like one of the Bourne movies too, right? Oh, yeah. Probably the worst one. I didn't bother watching that one. I didn't watch it either. But I'm, I know there's plenty of people that did. So that's probably what most people would associate him with. Oh, well, now. And uh, right, Jared. And how else would they know him now? As Hawkeye in the Avengers movies. Ah, you see that, Aaron? <laughs> oh. <laughs> just got it out of me Uh, i'm ashamed didn't catch that one either oh man you know what i enjoy those movies but i think i'm disliking them more because there's people who i can't stand who keep quoting them and it's just making me dislike it more oh i thought you were gonna say because of us we were helping to dissuade you from it (laughs) oh and see i thought you were gonna say because they suck yeah (laughs) hey it's the same movie over and over again (laughs) Okay. <laughs> now I feel like you're taking our arguments and using them, uh, what, against us? I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you're stoned, everything is like fun. Those movies are just fun. Yeah. yeah, some things are more fun. I don't know. I get stoned. I don't like those movies. Yeah. <laughs> 
uh jared one of the things though here is um tony alva gets into a conflict with another uh skateboarder and he calls him uh, a valley boy or tells him to go back to the valley and then the guy punches him in the face and i was like finally somebody i was like good i i, I appreciated that because i'm like we're always getting shit on here in the valley it's nice to see the valley boys get get one yeah Finally, one for the team, man. I'm sick and tired of the Valley people being treated like the Washington generals of being coops. <laughs> hey, I lived in North Hollywood, 818. Ooh, yeah, North Hollywood. That's kind of a cool and up and coming area now, though. Oh, I lived in the shitty part. I got mistaken for a prostitute. Oh. <laughs> you got mistaken for a prostitute? Twice. Uh, so the part in North Hollywood I lived was the part where there was a lot of hookers. So dudes with like beat up Toyotas would try to, you know, pay me to <laughs> suck my dick or something. Yeah, good for you. Uh, I think it was suck their dick. Unless they wanted you to suck your own no, dick. No, they wanted to they suck watched. my dick. Yeah, they wanted to suck his. Oh. That's how it works. Huh. Okay. I know. I thought <laughs> it was the other way around. How much did you get? Yeah. I don't know. Well, hey, man, allegedly. <laughs> no, I, I, I didn't ask. <laughs> you just said stick it on the nightstand. Be on your way. All right, so this guy with a beat-up Toyota, I say, like, hey, man, would you like your dick sucked? Uh-huh. After he asked me, he drives away. Then he comes back. And he's like, hey, man, I'll give you some cash. Jeez, just for walking down the street? When was this? Is this like, this is recently, huh? It's 2010. Jeez. Wow. Okay, while we're on this subject, you know the tranny that's in the movie? Yes. Is that the Arquette? Yes. It is. Okay, I thought so. I don't know if that's the Arquette who... Alexis Arquette. Transition. Oh, then it is. Yeah, it is. It's Alexis Arquette. Well, no, the other Arquettes are still, they're born gender, I believe. Yeah, right. they are. So is Alexis the one who transitioned? Well, Alexis has passed away, but oh, yes, Alexis really? transitioned. Oh, oh, and then she passed away? She passed away, like, within the last uh, four to five years, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know that. Now, I should point out, because I had this noted, that um, uh, we call her a tranny. That is how she is credited in the movie, if you look on <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes and everything. So don't come you at us, funny, people. You know what's funny, too? When I was writing my notes, I wrote tranny, and I thought... And then I said, no, fuck that. I don't care. That's how I talk. I'm just going to yeah. be myself on this thing. But why can't you say tranny? Why is that wrong? I don't know. I, I just I know, know that it's I'm from wrong. I'm from the East Coast. And like somebody might introduce themselves as, themselves as Bob to me. I promise you, I will be calling them Bobby. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good argument. I will throw a, a vowel on the end of it. it. I will do it to your name in some fashion so if we go from transgender to tranny i don't really see how that's offensive yeah i i don't know how it's come a, a pejorative i kind of i just like i think it's like a fun term they're not I'm not insulting it sounds cute it i i'd rather say like oh i'm i'm a tranny versus saying like i'm a transgender it's yeah. too many syllables Tranny's it's sweet short cute yeah, and I'll stick with the tranny. But that's the problem. That that's what Twitter did. See, Twitter created that. Yeah, the Twitter army has uh, the the woke Twitter army ruled out tranny. Yeah. Well, I need to get a fucking account then because I need to shut them down. Tranny is better. <laughs> okay. Just from like a 
I can see oh how this gosh. is going to go. It's going to get on to shut, shut them <laughs> down, and it's going to come back on us. Our podcast is going to get shut down very, very within, within a few hours of getting on Twitter. It's just going to go viral and be on. Uh, some tweets are going to make it on CNN. But I will say this, though. Like, we, I, you know what? We're going to make it on CNN. And I am going to get that we're going to be on. We're going to have a panel of people, and some of those people are going to see my POV. Oh, it's not going to be a unanimous fuck her. Some of them will, of course. I, well, okay. Probably it's, it's that bitch Rose McGowan. It won't be unanimous. It will just be a resounding. So you've got you've taken it down. No, I don't. Notch. I don't agree that it will. DB, okay. I'm sorry. I, right. I disagree with you All on right. that. Well, you know what? <laughs> I'm hoping to pull 75, 25 numbers. Honestly, <laughs> That's in favor of those are good numbers. Tranny. Yeah. Well. It's more fun to say. It is more fun, and and you end it with a smile, so it's like, yeah, it's 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 kind of. It sounds cute and fun, and it's it's cool. It's what I'm gonna tell my kids to say when we're taking pictures, right? All right, everybody say tranny. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Don't make you smile. Tranny. Yeah. yeah. It, get, it actually will acclimate them more, so they'll be happy when there are uh, transgender people around. They'll be like, oh, cool, you know? It'll it'll condition them uh, appropriately. But I will say, Alexa, I wanted to see more of that character. Like, that character was fucking awesome. I know it's not a main character in the story, but I could have had her popping up from time to time because she was fucking awesome in this. Was that where did we see her when he was coming to pick him up to... When he had to get his eye operated on? Yeah, so it was after the Long Beach competition, after the Valley Boy taught him a lesson and um, was telling him he had to come to Hawaii. And Johnny Knoxville is fun in this movie. He was great. Johnny Knoxville is fun in that movie. And when he took his sunglasses off, I was like, what the fuck? That's Johnny Knoxville? Yeah, it was weird, too. I didn't hear it at all in his voice. Yeah. No. That that wig was off the charts. (laughs) It It was so good. He was so over the top. Yeah. He's great. He, you know what? He might get in there on the Eiffel. I'm like, hey, oh, uh, so ooh. we got Stacy and uh, we could, we could have a, a Knoxville scenario. There is something uh, charming to me about Johnny Knoxville. All right. Well, now you got to start yeah, thinking no, about no, which no. end he's on. <laughs> I am Johnny Knoxville. Oh, shit. And this is the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, they can they can line up. But one of the courts is going to be shut down. They can come out to the field. I feel like uh, John. I feel like Johnny Knoxville <laughs> is is going to tell you which which orifice he's taken. He's not asking. I'll tell you what. <laughs> when I do my Eiffel Tower, it's going to be like the, everybody's going to get up on the basketball court. But then you're going to find out that we're doing half court press. <laughs> <laughs> and we're actually not even using this other end. Oh no! Oh, you—we're all right here. That's not no, the way it works. Right <laughs> we're all staying on one side. That's false advertising, right there. That's fine. <laughs> Sue me. I'll call Rose McGowan. She'll help me out. <laughs> yeah, Rose McGowan. <laughs> Rose McGowan puts like she has a siren in her glove compartment. She puts uh, on the top of roof of her car to race to the scene and explain how Aaron gets to call the shots here. Yes. Thank you. And she'll explain she's been involved in many an Eiffel Tower. And listen, <laughs> I'm the steady quarterback. <laughs> yeah, she's got the wristband with all the plays. <laughs> she lifts it open. 
She can also do be place kicker. <laughs> yeah, if things don't go my way. So uh, the ending, I got to say, I did. I, I was like so mad at myself, too. I'm like, man, don't let this movie try to win you over with any of its pathos. It would try to do pathos at um, uh, an earlier moment, too, at the first skate competition and then they just shoehorn in this thing where tony alva's like i just want to show the trophy to my dad and i'm like oh please come on now you can't you just gotta have that be subtext you can't pull that part out and like like handhold us that's gotta be subtext that's another part where it's like some massaging of the script could have worked but at the end here I got to say, when the friends come back together and then they're going to skate and then they're going to bring their Sid down into the pool, I was like, I was like, man, this this got me. This is this is really sweet. This is touching. Yeah, I like that ending. I cried. Yeah, I kind of I was I was holding it back, you know, because I wasn't I was home alone. I just I really let her rip. Really? Oh, like a lot of waterworks, huh? No, not really. Okay. no. But I was, I I didn't try to. I was just like, whatever. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna cry right now. That's definitely happening. Yeah, sad. Um, and and good. And I like it this was end scene. This is probably like one of the better. Scenes you know ever. what? Too these tears. They were sad tears about Sid. Obviously, that was like that's a whole sad storyline that really happened to their friend. But also just the the story itself for those guys is it's touching. Yeah. No, I, I agree. It's to still be friends and to even see that in this documentary, this documentary really helped me appreciate the movie a little bit more, which is actually unfair. You got to judge the movie on its own merits. Um, but I knew there were things that I liked about it. Um, I did like, again, sort of like the, the look of the uh, the way they shot it, where it was kind of had that overexposed kind of 70s. Yeah. Uh, film, even though this clearly wasn't film, uh, it had to be digital. I think I didn't look that up, but I would imagine 2005. Yeah, this was like all digital, but um, I I like that. And again, some of those shots of the skateboarding, I just think like the script was was like the the really weak link. There's the first weak link in it, but yeah, this end skateboarding scene, and then to the this scene kind of works because they just kind of let it sit and kind of play out, and they're Going up and down. Now, I thought for sure, I don't know, maybe it was just my TV. I'm like, oh, the faces are so digitized and weird when they go up around. And then when they come back, I'm like, oh, they did some weird editing with the the stunt skaters and then putting the actors in at the end. But apparently they showed the actors in the documentary go up and go around that light. So I don't know if that actually is them actually doing it here at the end of the movie. Wow. And then they showed in the documentary, and I guess they, I'm not sure if they showed it at the end of the movie now in the credits, I can't remember. But in the documentary, they showed, you know, the three guys um, there and skating in the pool. And I just thought that was really cool to see that they are older and they, they you know, had put aside these differences and they were friends. And then they're still shredding. They created something. Yeah, they totally created Three something. friends created something. Yeah, like... They're like us with this podcast. Uh, this is exactly what's going to happen at podcast. It's my dream <laughs> to break down and start breaking shit when everyone starts leaving for better shows and sites. It's going to be Skip at the, <laughs> sitting on the roof of Zephyr. The that's, that, that, that one day, God willing, will be me. <laughs> so 
any anything any other notes uh, th- that we missed that you guys had that you wanted to talk oh, about? Oh yes, but this is my huge note, and this is the, for me the most important part about this movie. And what really I can't say if the whole movie was great or not, but it got me through. This fucking soundtrack is amazing. It's really good. It is so fucking good that there were scenes that maybe were just so much better for me, like. The the yeah the Black Sabbath when Iron Man started before the competition, I was fucking in like I was pumped to see his little routine out there on the skateboard without the song. I don't know, maybe not. I definitely noted the music. I actually noted as well though. Uh, yeah, the soundtrack is great, with one exception. I never need to hear Cat Scratch Fever again in my fucking life. I don't <laughs> need to hear that goddamn song. I think they played it like twice in the documentary too. I think that's when it actually really got under my skin. I'm like, I <laughs> fucking hate this guitar riff. Please stop. But um, is the- okay, so Cat Scratch Fever is the one that they kept going through the movie. It was like. Oh, yeah, it was throughout the movie, right? Was it? Okay, because to me, that did not play as Cat Scratch Fever. I thought I was hearing like a a little bit of like a creative spin on Led Zeppelin's Ramblin' On or Ramblin'. I think it's just called Ramblin'. But I thought I kept hearing that. And when I looked up the soundtrack, it wasn't on there. And I was like, I wonder what that song was. Oh, it may be Cat Scratch Fever. That I thought was Ramblin'. Oh. It's, I just, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't need to hear that song. I also thought it was a little cheesy to go with, um, Neil Young, old man when, when, yeah. uh, after Jay leaves yeah. the conversation with Skip at the pier and shaves his head. Uh, come on now. You gotta go. Oh, and he should have kept less. the hair too. Please. Gross. Oh yeah. And the zipper tattoo on the head. Oh, dude. Jay added. Those parts really frustrated me. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Do the slinky commercial. I know. 10 G's? What the fuck, dude? Dude, your mom needs it. Yeah. And you know what's worse? I I have a friend, and he's like, yo, man, he's... Yo, he's the one who keeps it real, homie. I'm like, no, he's doing stupid gangster shit instead yeah. of just skating. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, really, you're gonna be hooded out? It's like, don't, don't be a fucking moron. Ugh, shit pisses me off. Is the guy that is there? That's his dad or his stepdad or just the guy his mom's fucking? I had that question who is too. That guy? Yeah, that was stepdad. I don't know. I thought it was a boyfriend or stepdad. Okay, and then he leaves in the surfboard. Yeah, something like he that. He knifes. He knifes the fuck out of it. And then he's searching around the house for something to eat. You show the surfboard. If you don't want it, fine. But it looks like you're hungry. Sell the surfboard. Go grocery shopping. Ooh, good point. Yeah. I didn't think of that. See, this is why he's the least successful out of all of them. That, that's always the hardest part of the movie, watching him, like, doing, be, being an idiot. Oh, that that part always pissed me off. Yeah, I agree with you on that part where like people will watch it and say, "Oh, he was keeping it real." I mean, what are you talking about? Like, you want to get you have this opportunity to get your life together. I'm not blaming Jay. I mean, he obviously has all these uh, troubles, but for somebody watching it to say like, "Oh, he was like the best one because he didn't sell out," like, dude, or you could make a living. That's like skip like driving customers out of his fucking shop because they're not they're not locals. You're only gonna sell to the people that you approve of. That's not how you fucking make a living or make a successful shop, dude. Dude, that that bothered me so much. I was like, when, when people think that, I'm like, no, he's the biggest fuck up. 
you know, like Tony Alva and Stacey Peralta, they did pretty well, you know. Stacey Peralta direct, was directing a commercial for the Olympics that I auditioned for and didn't get. But, yeah, still, Tony Alva, you know, hey, he's surfing. You know, he's still shredding, and he's still alive, and he's surfing good. Yeah, that's great. Oh, dude, I love that line at the end of the movie where it says, like, he still skates, and he still climbs over fences to skate in people's empty pools. Oh, I love that, too. No, that's true. There's a photographer in the open mic scene. Uh-huh. He said a couple years ago they climbed a fence in um, Beverly Hills with Tony Alva, and they found an empty pool, and Tony Alva was skating the empty pool, and he was like, you know, he skated, and then he filmed him. <laughs> that's that's awesome. I, I got to say, like, that's really fun. I mean, that's something that you grew up doing. You, you started this movement, and it's something that brings you joy. And I don't know. I mean, I would be scared to do that, especially in this day and age that, I mean, he must get cops called on him, but does he like the people just not press charges once they find out who he is? Or I would be worried about somebody coming out with a gun. Yeah. Well, well, the fact that he's an older guy, I don't think people would feel as threatened. I think he'd be more scared. (laughs) He looks intimidating. Like, shit, this is not some kid. We got a real problem on our hands. Yeah. Yeah, Big ass gray beard. Yeah. <laughs> Santa. Well, okay, so maybe we should uh get to our recommendations and uh Jared, let's begin with you. Do you recommend this movie? Believe it or not, I mean, yeah, like you said there's problems with the story, but I recommend it. So, if not for the story, then then why? Hey, man, you get to see cool skateboard footage. Oh, so a lot of the skate Ah, oh, fuck me. What happened? Oh. I, I he was bumping the mic and I just said uh and then he moved and then I just heard him s- something fall and he said fuck me and then uh I don't know if he's still there. <laughs> I hope he's okay. Just your your recount of how it went down is funny to me. Not that he would potentially be hurt. Well, um, Jared recommends this movie. Aaron, how about you? Do you recommend Lords of Dogtown? Yes, I do. I recommend it. I don't recommend it strongly, but okay. if so you find you have a little extra time on your hands, the sound, I recommend buying the soundtrack for sure. Okay. I'm sure it's on Spotify too. Yeah. Okay. So soundtrack gets a definite recommend from you. Absolutely. That soundtrack was amazing. All right. So, wow. Okay. That's two recommends. Now, I I, I don't recommend this movie. I can't recommend it. I mean, really? it was a bit of a slog to get through. It's it's meandering and not without being in, like in a good way. I think this the problem begins with the script. It looks really good. It pains me to say because I really like Catherine Hardwick and and you know everything. And when you look at how much work, I mean, the really watching the documentary uh, on the making of it kind of made me even sadder about what the final product was because man, when you look into how much fucking work goes into these things, all the research they do, uh, even just for building that replica pier and everything that goes into it, man. I mean, there and all the training that they did to learn skateboarding uh, and how these actors were able to, you know, really become pretty good. And I'll, and even the surfing too, because they they also had to learn surfing. They were um, being taught how to surf so they could get out there on the waves in that uh, opening scene. So, you know, everybody put a lot into it, but I just think that what came out, it's not a very good movie. 
Wait, do they have to paddle out and stuff? Or they, they, they were surfing. Have, no. They taught them how to surf. Really? All yeah. right. You know what? I I want to recant, and now I want to say I am recommending it strongly. Okay. Because when I hear all the reasons <laughs> that you're going through about like all this work was put in and all this and this, and I'm thinking to myself, a person who just doesn't give a fuck about skateboarding, I was entertained and engaged throughout the entire movie. Okay. So for maybe I'm recommending it to people who think they wouldn't enjoy a skateboarding movie. Don't, don't listen to this dickhead DV. <laughs> it's actually as my explanation was just irking you so much that it went to a strong recommend. No, are you? Would you take Thrashing or Lords of Dogtown? Yeah, Which there you go. Better movie. Oh, if we're going Thrashing versus Lords of Dogtown, absolutely Lords of Dogtown. Don't bother with Thrashing. I mean, please. Okay. Yeah, I'm not that crazy. It was better than Lords of Dogtown. I, I mean, it was better than Thrashing. W- but what I'm saying about even watching the documentary and knowing everything that went into it, that that's almost in some ways neither here nor there in terms of like to me. Is the movie itself as its own work of art? Is it strong enough to be recommended? Is it a strong movie? And I, I just don't think so. So, so um, that well, that's why I went back because you said, and I, it is true, all that they put in, they really do. It's a lot of work, and I was thinking, but you know what? From where I'm sitting, I should recommend it strongly because I don't even like this kind of stuff, and I still like the movie. So it's for a specific audience. I think of people who aren't expecting much from a skateboard movie. <laughs> recommend it strongly to them. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and certainly you weren't expecting much from a skateboard movie coming out of Thrashin, and none of us were. And uh, I think we were all pleasantly surprised, but just me a little less so. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend this. I recommended the other uh, movies that we watched. Um, but this was a, uh, for me, not a great double feature. But there, this one definitely has more to like. And I think what I would say is if you're going to watch one of them, I would watch the documentary Dogtown and Z-Boys <laughs> without even having seen it yet. But I was I was hoping to get it in before this recording and I just couldn't make the time. But I am going to regardless uh go back and watch that now because i want to see more about how this came about and i was even doing the research i'm like is there a book on this like i really kind of want to know a little bit more about this but so it's a fascinating story just uh just didn't didn't follow through here so with that said We will be back next week with the trailer episode for our next double feature, which we haven't even determined what that double feature will be, but uh, that's okay. You'll find out as we do. In the meantime, if people want to find out more about you, Jared, where where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at Diraj Neville. I'm no longer on Twitter. Okay. And uh, Aaron, where can people find out more about you? You can find me in the world. All right. I like that. And uh, if you want to find out more about this show, uh, head on over to bandcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at bandcast. Send vitriolic missives to bandcast at gmail.com. Send nudes. Yeah. Oh, and we always uh, will take dick pics. I'll forward them on to uh, Aaron. I'll rate them. And then we'll forward them back to you. <laughs> That's right. New yeah. segment. We'll give them numbers, <laughs> scale of one to ten. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a great. We'll segment. give you a thorough notes on why the score is what it is. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it'll become its own segment of the show. 
Um, and that's it. Thanks so much for listening, guys. 